Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Tour Report for the Honda Classic this week on the PGA Tour. I'm Diane Knox and Steve Elkington is here. Players' Championship over and done with, but the Florida swing continues. And while some of the guys are going to be making that trip down to Palm Beach Gardens to face the Bear Trap, Diane, this is the third week of a very difficult ball striking section on the tour. What I mean by that is, you know, sometimes if you're playing the San Antonio event or the Houston event, you miss a green here or there, you chip on, maybe you chip in and you keep your round going. But not these last three weeks, Diane, Bay Hill, Players' Championship, and now the Bear Trap with tons of shots over water. Uh, It's a very dangerous course, and it sets up really interestingly for a lot of guys that are playing well. They've just come off good form at the Players' Championship or Bay Hill. I'm not picking anyone this week that has no form or miscuts. I'm I'm looking for guys that continue to play well. Okay, so PGA National down um, Palm Beach Gardens, so round about Jupiter, where a lot of the tour players live. I mean, Tiger Woods is down there, Justin Thomas. Um, of course, neither of them are in the field this week. Elk, let's talk about the field in general. There's only two guys in the official world golf ranking top 20 playing, Sung JM, who won last year, and Daniel Berger. Kepka was supposed to be playing, but he was forced to withdraw because of this injury that took him out of the Players' Championship. But, I mean, the depth of field is going to be disappointing this week. Yeah, the Honda Classic has got a bad bounce with the schedule. They're squashed between the Players' Championship and the World Match Play Championship. So you've got guys resting up for next week for another big WGC. So it's a little bit of a problem. It happens to schedules. However, this is an opportunity week, Diane. This is an opportunity with a lot of good players that are not playing this event. And if I'm a tour player, which I was for 30 years, I am doing everything I can to steal a tournament because there's not everyone's not there this week. 
Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about PGA National. What are the main characteristics of this course? We mentioned the bear trap, which we are going to talk about, but that's holes um, 15, 16 and 17. But Elk, yeah, what, what are the guys going to have to do to perform well around PGA National this week? The PGA National is a very famous golf course, Diane. They've had the Ryder Cup there. Jack Nicholas, of course, has designed it and fine-tuned it over the years. But it gets very windy, and it's a very narrow golf course, and there's a lot of shots that require precision to go across water. 11 comes to mind. You said 15, 16, 17. But the golf course is hard, Diane. It's got a lot of tricky holes on the front nine, and scoring is very much to do with how much wind is going to blow during the tournament because – You've got to hit shots across water and there's just not that much room. So it's very well known for being very windy week. And it's going to be windy as I read the forecast long range, Diane. It's going to be one of those weeks where under 10 under probably wins the tournament. The weather at the Players' Championship was perfect. I was out there every day. It couldn't have been any better. There wasn't a huge amount of wind, glorious sunshine, warm temperatures. But this week, it's not going to be that way. I mean, Thursday a high of 88, 17 mile per hour winds. Friday, it's going to be hot again, 87, 13 mile per hour winds. They ease up a little bit on Saturday, but Sunday we've got rain in the forecast and winds up to 20 miles per hour. That's terrifying. (laughs) It certainly is. But again, as a tour player's mindset, Diane, um, if I played well at the Players' Championship or if I made the cut and had a decent weekend, I would be resting right now. I would be looking ahead at that forecast. I, if I know the golf course, uh, this one, and I would just be thinking about what, which way the wind's going, how am I going to play these holes? I'm not going to burn too much energy in my practice the first three days here. I'm going to get ready for this sort of, you know, hard golf course in hard conditions. Yeah. Uh, Well, Lee Westwood is in the field this week and he did say after finishing second at the players that he was going to Augusta National on Monday to play. Then he's going to be back down to Palm Beach Gardens to take part in the Honda Classic, coming off two second place finishes. I mean, that 47 years old, and I know that his age is being mentioned all the time, but he is running that momentum to try and have another solid week. Yeah, well, when players like Westwood, who who gets a lot of credit from me, he's played the tour for a long time, and for him to stretch his career into 47 is, you know, it's very impressive. But Westwood has a lot of experience, and he knows what it takes to play good golf. Hasn't quite got there the last two weeks. Definitely had a chance to win the last two weeks. And, you know, did he, did he mess up? Um, not, maybe not. I mean, he was right there. He stayed with it the whole way. Um, but no, Westwood, he should play good again. I mean, I think he's playing that good that he doesn't have to think much about his swing, doesn't have to think about his game. I don't think he'll um, quite push the board as much this week. Fatigue's got to be setting in at some point, Diane. But yes, uh, Westwood is the, the, the style of play that he has going right now. Hitting it solid will serve him well again this week. Okay, so what we're going to do on the Tour Report today is we're going to look at the field. We've re-ranked the entire field, so we will give you our top 10. Then we'll give you sizzlers, guys that are really moving up in our re-rankings. We have three of them. We have, um, well, one fizzler, a big name that we don't think is going to go out and perform well perform well around PGA National and then those all important dark horse picks all coming up today on our Tour Report for the Honda Classic. 
play money grabber on the SG Tour. Instead of strokes, it's all about the cash. You pick a team of four players, one from each tier, and scoring is based on the money that your team wins. Your guys missed the cut? No problem, you're still in the game. The SG Tour Golf Gaming App, available on iOS in the App Store. This week, it's the Honda Classic on the PGA Tour at PGA National in Palm Beach Gardens down in South Florida. I'm Diane Knox and Elk is here as well. Um, now, the thing about this week is, and we talked about that at the beginning, that the field isn't stacked. <laughs> That's probably uh, the most correct way to say it. Only two players from the official world golf ranking top 20 in the field this week, Daniel Berger and Sungjae Im. Right, we're going to go through our full top 10 in just a minute. We've re-ranked the whole field going by the stats that it takes to well do well around the course this week and how the guys have been playing lately. That's going to be a big factor, especially guys that finished well at the Players' Championship. Yes, I think, Diane, when you go to a golf course that has a lot of wind, the real trick for people, and they can take this for what it's worth, I love playing in the wind. and I did well at courses like Doral and the Players' Championship. What you have to know about the wind, Diane, is where do you aim it and how much wind is there and will it bring it back? Because I never believe that you fight against the wind. You might do it with some little shots, but when you play your drives and you know the wind is, say, left or right, you've got to pick a spot to aim it and not put any extra curve on it okay. and let the wind bring it back into play. And that, Diane, brings into mind what style of player will do well in those conditions. And we've got a list of players that are playing well mm -hmm. that hit the ball a certain way, and that's, that's helped us comprise our top ten this week. Well, ball striking is going to be a big factor this week. That's the stat that we've looked at. A total driving plus greens in regulation. That was a big stat for us last week at the players as well. But par four performance, bogey avoidance, putting average and scrambling. So those are the key stats that we are taking for our tour report this week. We need a stat in there that stay out of the water stat. That's the stat we need, uh, Diane, to play well at the Honda Classic. All of those other ones you said are very obvious this week. This is a very tough Jack Nicholas designed golf course. When you when you go to a, a course designed by Nicholas, you think of a high fade coming into these greens. Is that going to be relevant this week? Could be. We know that that's the way Jack Nicholas designed his golf courses, preferred a, a, a sort of a fade coming into the greens, but... Yeah, I mean, staying out of the water, knowing how to play these holes, it's all going to take skill this week, Diane. But yeah, I mean, basically this week, this is going to be a windy, blustery week. I'm looking for players that are playing well. It's going to be tough for guys coming off miscuts at players, get out here and then play another tough course. Okay, so we did have the Honda Classic last year before COVID struck. The schedule with this big super season has been jigged around a little bit. But Sanjay M won last year. We're going to talk about him soon. But the guy that comes in at number one actually finished fourth last year. He lives down in Jupiter. He had a top 10 finish at the Players' Championship after having a great weekend. So the only place that we could put Daniel Berger is number one. However, um, I think we just get this out of the way. He has stated that he has a bit of a rib injury that is causing him problems. He was going for an MRI on Monday. Elk, he, he was 
Bergen actually said that he was shocked that he was able to play all four rounds at the players. So how much of a question mark is that going to put over Berger this week? Ribs are very common for us, Diane. As your ribs go around your rib cage, you, I don't know where his rib is, but they're, as they go around your body, they're joined almost like that. And sometimes they get off and they're so painful. But he was able to play and finish fourth last week at the players. He loves his golf course. He hits down on the ball so hard. He controls his iron shot so well. He is the favorite this week at this course. We'll have to wait and see if he gets a good MRI. Sometimes they can pop it back in, Diane, and you feel fantastic. So this is not new for tour players dealing with sore ribs. But, you know, Berger's got to be feeling pretty confident, Diane, and, and going to this golf course. I hope he gets a good MRI today. Yeah, I know, definitely. And as we say, after finishing fourth last year, it's it's the home tournament for him. So let's hope that everything is fine because I think we could see an absolute ball striking display from Berger at the Honda Classic this week. Right, coming in at number two in our re-ranking is last year's champion. He just finished 17th at the Players' Championship. There's no way that we couldn't put Sung JM right up at the top as well. Shot a 66 yesterday. I was watching the telecast and I thought to myself, Sanjay going back to the PGA National, he's sort of an unemotional player. He just sort of gets on the tee and he makes this incredible, smooth, almost with a pause at the top of his golf swing. And then he smashes it, almost hits it solid every time. And that tempo in heavy wind, Diane, works really well. And Sanjay M is probably the favourite right alongside Berger this week in my mind. We have him, well, he's ninth in that total ball striking stat. So total driving plus greens and regulation. And the guy can putt. I mean, well, the putting stat, he's 60th on the PGA Tour. But as you say, coming off that 66 at the Players' Championship on Sunday, there's so much confidence to take from that. And bogey avoidance, he's 21st on the Tour right now. So we've been seeing it for a while. That, what's that? Yeah. 60th in putting is a good stat for a guy yeah. that hits that good. Yeah. So, yeah, some JM, I think the thing I like the most about him on this course, Diane, he, yes, he hits the ball solid. That, that water avoidance uh, stat that we're not talking about, but he has the tempo that I like the most. And I think, you know, tempo is a, is a word that we hardly ever use anymore, but some JM has that beautiful pause at the top of his swing. And imagine playing in strong wind and you had the beautiful tempo. That's what I'm looking for. All right. So uh, that's why he is number two with us this week. Coming in at number three is, uh, well, he finished 29th at the Players' Championship. So that's still an excellent finish um, around such a demanding course. But we've got Wacky Neiman, who is coming in at number three. We've talked about the fact that he started the year in Hawaii with two second place finishes. He's second for that ball striking stat right now as well. Probably the lowest ball hitter we have on the tour right now. Reminds me of sort of Paul Azinger hit the ball really low when he played and he could play these courses with a lot of wind so well. Uh, Neiman, to me, Diane, he's sort of even money at the top of my mind for this week too, just because of how low and how much control he gets on his iron shots. He finished second, second in Hawaii, another real windy week, but this is perfect setup for Neiman because of the wind and you know how narrow this place is. Mm -hmm. I should give you the stats of our top three so far. Burgers 11 to 1, M 12 to 1 and Nokiman uh, Nokiman <laughs> and Neiman at 22 to 1. 22 to 1 for Neiman I think is good. There's value in that for sure. 
Right, moving on to number four, and we uh, we were very happy to cheer this guy on coming down the stretch on Sunday at the Players. He ended up finishing solo, well, tied for third actually with Bryson DeChambeau, but $885,000 richer. Brian Harmon is back in action this week. If I'm thinking, if I'm Brian Harmon today, Diane, the other three guys that beat me at the Players' Championship aren't playing. So in my mind, I would say I'm the best player here at PGA National. He's already proven it to himself and everybody else how good he can play on this style of golf course. Love where Harmon is this week. I think he's got some unfinished business. He's due for a win, and we haven't talked about him much. And when he comes up, he stays up. That's the style he is. A lot of people may think that the, the Harmon finish yesterday came out of nowhere, but he has been creeping around that top 10 for a while. The finishes don't really show it. I mean, looking at his last three, 39, 43, and then that third place. But first of all, he always plays well around TBC Sawgrass. It's a, a course that does suit his game. And we're saying that a lot of the same stats are going to apply this week to PGA National. Same conditions as well. So, you know, Lee Westwood in the field, he's one of the only guys that managed to beat Harmon. That confidence has to be so high right now. I did forget I did forget Westwood uh, in my last little spiel, but that's okay. Yeah, no, Harmon, Harmon's great. Uh, you know, he went through a stretch about a year ago where he was really down on everything. His game was really off, but he has, you mentioned it, he's built his way back, but he's the type of player that once he gets going, he starts hitting it solid. They matches up with his pitching, matches up with his putting, but most importantly, matches up with his confidence. I know a few other guys that we're not talking about on the show today that are only lack one thing, and that's just a little bit of confidence. We look at guys like Harmon, who have it, Kokrak, who's not playing, finished 10th again yesterday, one of our guys, just confident, so much confidence. And we talk about other players that we love, like Pat Perez and Jason Duffner, don't have quite that bit of confidence, may not be playing too badly. But it's a very important ingredient, Diane, that, that makes you play well week to week. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to continue that with the number five pick this week because, again, played brilliant over the weekend at the Players and finished eighth in the end. I feel like we've been calling him the reigning Open champion for, well, I mean, it is going to be two years that he holds that title. But Shane Lowry, we're ranking him highly this week too. Well, the reason I like Lowry is, you know, He's a, he is the Open champion. He's an absolute master when it comes to playing in wind. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, there's two things that have to, you have to factor into being a good wind player. How high you hit the ball and where do you start it? Well, Lowry's from Ireland. He, he understands this more than anybody. But the thing about Lowry is you never see him for the whole year, but then when he plays good, he wins. And I kind of like that in a guy. I mean, I used to think to myself, would I rather have a year where I just was consistent all year or would you want to have these really sharp peaks and valleys? Well, I don't know what I want, but I know this about Lowry. He's peaking right now. Uh-huh, for sure. And looking at his numbers, the, the ball striking stat is the big one. And that's going to be so important this week with that win combination. But he's 38. The rest of his numbers are not great. However, we have said that we're really ranking that weekend momentum from the players highly. So that's why we have him in at number five. And well, he's 30 to one. Brian Harmon, 28 to one. So that's our top five right now. Berger, M, Neiman, Harmon and Lowry. We're going to go through 
through the rest of the top 10 and our sizzlers next on the tour report. Saturday is considered moving day and you can play along on the SG Tour. It's a one-day stroke play competition where you select a team of four players to shoot the lowest scores of the day. Will you make big moves? Download the SG Tour golf gaming app on iOS now. It's the Tour Report from Secret Golf for the Honda Classic this week on the PGA Tour, heading down to PGA National, the Bear Trap. Three very tricky holes. It's a par three, a par four, and a par three. Um, we've said that the wind's going to be a factor. There's a lot of water. Elk, how do you guys feel about the Bear Trap? Is it almost like 17 at TBC Sawgrass where you have the anticipation of it coming up? It's a longer, excruciating turn of events that happen at the PGA National. At least the Players' Championship, it's over in one shot. This is a three-hole combination. It, the holes by themselves, Diane, without much wind, they're okay. But you get real heavy wind down on PGA National, and you don't have much place to aim. So if you don't want to go in the water at, say, 15, and you want to play safe, that's no good either. Yeah. So... Jack Nicholas did a very key ingredient that he makes you go through the gauntlet. You have to hit it to where you actually have to finish the hole. Okay. So it's very, very disruptive to your eye. You, you've got water all the way down the right side on all three holes and not much benefit to the layup. Okay. Well, the stats we're looking at this week for our tour report, very similar to what we used last week for the Players' Championship. And we're going through our re-ranked top 10 right now. Daniel Berger at number one, Sung J.M., Joaquin Neiman, Brian Harmon and Shane Lowry at five. Now, coming in at number six, we're going so big on the momentum from a great weekend at the Players' Championship. Not only did this guy have a great weekend, but he's having a good season. Finished fourth at the Houston Open, fifth in the CJ Cup at Shadow Creek and then fifth at the Players' Championship. Elk, he's made just shy of 1.7 million already this season. Taylor Gooch is firmly in our top 10 this week. I've never met Taylor Gooch, but I watched him play the last three holes yesterday. He had an eagle chance on 16 after an incredible iron shot. But when I don't know players, Diane, I ask my players what they think of him and everybody is all over Taylor Gooch, they, they say he's an emerging guy. He knows how to play. He's fearless. He's got a great swing action. I saw it coming in yesterday. But he's one of these guys that we're going to be talking about a lot more. And I think this is a perfect opportunity for a young guy to win a tournament. And he's got confidence, had a great round yesterday. Everybody knows he can play. So watch out. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I think nobody would be surprised if Gooch won this week. The cool thing for him on Sunday at the Players was he eagled 11 and I don't think he knew until then just how in the mix he was to potentially go on and win and it didn't phase him. I mean, still getting that fifth place finish, he he was so solid and looking at his numbers, he's ninth on the PGA Tour for scrambling, 15th for par four performance. Those numbers are amazing. Well, when you talk about a tournament this week that doesn't have a great field, and let's say Taylor Gooch does win the tournament and then he goes off and wins the Masters, well, that <laughs> helps the tournament. And all of a sudden, they, they were the ones that gave birth to the new emerging superstar. So there's 
pros and cons, Diane, to a weak field. This is a chance for a guy like Taylor Gooch to step forward. So Taylor Gooch is 30 to 1. So everyone else is seeing what we're seeing because I'm sure those odds would have been a lot higher last week. But the guy that comes in at number seven, he is 18 to 1. He finished second at the Hill, second at the Players' Championship. Lee Westwood, you might think, why is he not taking the week off? But first of all, he wants that win. And of course he does, you know, coming so close two weeks in a row. He finished fourth here last year. So there's so many good vibes for Westwood this week, combined with the fact he's starting it by playing Augusta National. Yeah, he's having a great little run here. When Lee leaves England to come to America to play, he comes in a stretch. Yeah. He won't quite be fatigued because he had this planned all along that he was going to play up through the, the Honda Classic. So his energy battery pack is organized so that he knows he's still got something left in the tank this week. Will he contend this week? I don't know, but you have to put him there, Diane, because he's hitting it so straight. He hit like two two or three loose shots yesterday, but that happens to everybody. <laughs> I think Westwood will not contend at the top of the board this week, but I do think he's a lock to make the cut and still be in, in the action. The, the, I kept saying to my boyfriend on Sunday when we were watching the final day coverage of the players that, you know, if we were wanting to drink, your drinking game could be every single time the announcer has mentioned his caddy, his fiance, Helen's story. Or they, I mean, they love that story. But what do you what do you think about that? His fiance caddying for him. Um, she doesn't do any of the yardages. He's doing all of that himself. She's caddying the clubs and she's helping with his mental state on the course. Yeah, I think she's just keeping him loose. You know, I, 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 I've never actually thought of Westwood in my whole life and I've played against him for 30 years. I've never thought of him as not having a good attitude. And he said he went through a period where he was having struggling with his attitude. He was too hard on himself. And I've listened to other interviews where he's a lot calmer and a lot better having her on the bag and all that. But me, Diane, I know you talk about he may not be able to putt, but I've, I've always seen Westwood making putts his whole, whole life. He just hasn't won everything that you sort of expected him to. Now, you know, I just think he's playing remarkable golf at his age. And I just, it's all, all my hat is off to Lee Westwood and his attitude and everything he's got going. Good for him. I mean, we all see that he can putt when he sank that putt on 18. That was worth $600,000 and that solo second place in the players. Um, I wish I could putt as good as he has the last two weeks. Yeah, that's pressure. So coming in at number eight is Chris Kirk. He didn't have a great end to the players. Shot a 79 on Sunday um, and that dropped him down into 48th position. But he shot 65 on Friday. At that point, I mean, he was running away with it. But Chris Kirk, there has been some fantastic consistency to his game lately. And we've got him in at number eight at 40 to one. Yeah, the strength of Kirk's game is he's ball striking. He, he, he keeps the ball down. Uh, he will be a little chapped off with the way he finished the plays. He left a lot of money on the table yesterday. And I think here's an opportunity for another guy that's young, that strikes it well, knows where to aim in the wind, knows this golf course. This is, a, this is an opportunity week. Let's face it, all the stars are not here this week. So to me, this is, sets up really good for an opportunist. 
Mm-hmm. And Kirk has been very open about uh, struggles that he's endured with depression and alcoholism. And when he played the Sony Open at the start of the year, he had to finish second or better to keep his card. He finished in a tie for second. It was it was emotional to watch for everyone. Um, so much strength and endurance there. But he's also finished 16th at Pebble Beach and in a tie for eighth at the Arnold Palmer Invitational just a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's 17th in par four performance on the tour, 14th in bogey avoidance. So things are definitely trending up for Chris Kirk in what could be you know, a life-changing season for him. I'm happy for Chris Kirk. He got his life turned around. He seems very organized now in what he's trying to do. The next thing he needs to do is win something. And like I said, this is an opportunity for him to to do it right here. I mean, his name is definitely on the radar now. So coming in at number nine is another one of our secret golf contributors who is, again, trending in the right direction, JT Poston. Now, he was actually playing with my brother Russell Thursday, Friday of the players. And on Thursday, you actually, it was hard to watch at times because he was six over at one point and he was spraying the ball everywhere. There was really very few positives to take from his day on Thursday But he went out, he played great on Friday, made the cut, he chipped away Saturday and Sunday and ended up finishing in a tie for 22nd place. Yeah, I'm sure that was probably six figures too, 22nd place at the players. He had a 78, I think you mentioned on Thursday. I was following his round and I couldn't believe it. But then the next day I couldn't believe he made the cut and then he worked his way back into it. I see that as a very strong positive, Diane. I throw out stats when I see stuff like this because Poston's attitude and that fight back is going to serve him well going out to this tournament because he's already been through a bunch of problems last week. I think this is a week you got to watch really close to this guy because he putts so good, Diane. Yeah. It's almost not believable when he gets on a roll. Yeah, well, this sums up his putting. Normally, when we have putting average, it's always a stat that we look at and um, we colour code everything. So for a lot of guys, they'll have all green and then there'll be this one red box and you're like putting average. For JT, actually, the other four boxes are red and orange, but putting average is bright green, 32nd on the PGA Tour. And that sums it all up, doesn't it? Yeah, and he's an expert at this type of grass. He doesn't have to hit the ball uh, next to the pin when you putt that good. You know, I just think JT Poston is a kind of a, I don't want to say he's kind of a streaky player, but he kind of is. And when he gets going, we saw him win at Greensboro last year where he never made a bogey for the whole week. Well, yeah. that's going to, if he does that this week, he'll win by 20 because this course is tough and it's tricky. A lot of shots across water, but he's ready for it. He just went through 54 holes of great golf at the players and he's going to walk right over here and keep it going. Okay. And then, uh, well, I should say JT Poston, 66 to 1. And the guy that completes our top 10 is 80 to 1. He's another secret golf contributor and someone whose game we do know so much about as well. But we are throwing Patton Kazire in at number 10 after finishing 35th at the players. Patton Kazire, I think he's number one, Diane, at putting on Bermuda grass. And he's a tall guy. He's about 6'4. He gets a little loose off the tee, but he's got all that reined in last week and he played a very solid week at the Players' Championship. That tells me that all things in his camp are looking pretty good, Diane. And when he is just like JT Poston, he is a master putter. We, I've called him 
I don't know if people realize this, but both those two guys are almost like Ben Crenshaw is with the putter. Patton may be even better putter than JT, but that's going to serve him well on this golf course here because if you do miss a green, we've got to scramble. Yeah. That's the game. Patton's 16th on the PGA Tour for putting average, 16th. And the ball striking, as you say, you know, sometimes they can get a little bit wild off the tee, but he's contained it right now because he's 28th in that ball striking stat which is actually fourth best in our whole top 10. So he gets that under control and he puts lights out like he usually does. And this could be a really big week for Kazire. Yeah, I mean, they just come off players. The fairways are like this at the players. So they're going to get out to PGA Nationals a little bit more width, but you've got to be able to aim your ball and let it bring in with the wind. But putting is going to be hugely key this week. Hitting it solid is the most important stat in the win. Because if you miss hit it, as you can imagine, you and I both do, it puts a crazy amount of side spin on it. So the guys that actually hit it flush and square, me probably a bit more than you. Uh, no probably about it. <laughs> I'm not, my ball's not affected by the wind as much. Okay. So that is our full top 10 this week for the Honda Classic. Daniel Berger, Sung JM, Joaquin Neiman, Brian Harmon, Shane Lowry, Taylor Gooch, Lee Westwood, Chris Kirk, JT Poston, and Patton Kazire. Still to come, well, we're going to give you our sizzlers, three guys with good odds who are really making moves up RB ranking. We have the Secret Golf Celebrity Showdown as well. We'll look back at our scores from last week and unveil this week's celeb. And Jay Kaplan joins us for those dark horse picks. Well, we're on to our sizzlers on our tour report for the Honda Classic this week. And well, we have three good ones. Elk, we have said already that a big thing for us this week is that momentum from last week. So guys that finished well around TPC Sawgrass. Yeah, all these players, Diane, have, have played a, a pretty tricky stretch of golf. Uh, Bay Hill was very, you know, very precise course. Of course, we everyone knows everything about the Players' Championship. But the Honda, Jack Nicholas's course with the bear trap and all the water, and it's going to be a windy week. This may be actually requiring the most precision uh, for a lot of the back nine shots at this course. PGA National is very tough. The bear trap, particularly in the wind, is tough. So we're looking for guys that are already hitting the ball well coming in, looking for no big surprises here. Yeah, and we do know that the weather is going to be, you know, a factor. The wind is really going to blow, especially on Sunday. I mean, final round action playing the Bear Trap, 15, 16 and 17, with two of those being par threes and a lot of water. I mean, that's just got drama written all over it. Right, but we're going to go into our three sizzlers. And our first one actually played in the final group. Well, he didn't play... No, he wasn't in the final group. He was in the Justin Thomas group. So the winning group for the Players' Championship. And I'm sure he learned a huge amount, not only from being like in that pressure situation and being so close to the top of the leaderboard heading into Sunday, but watching the eventual champion work his way around TBC Sawgrass. Our first sizzler is Doug Gim. Doug Gim played at the University of Texas. I know him well. He's a young guy on the tour, and he sort of keeps popping up on our radar. He, we actually even see him up with his statistics up into the top 15 a lot of times. And we go, well, why is Doug Gim keep showing up in these stats? Well, he was good enough to be in the second last group last week playing with Justin Thomas. He took a, well, let's see, he took a... Uh, ceremonial bath on 17, made a triple bogey, and it kind of cost him a, a really good week. However, when I look at players like Doug Gim, 
young guy. He played good enough to get himself almost in the lead through three rounds of the Players' Championship, played with the monster on Sunday, Justin Thomas. So Gim will eventually take a lot from last week, even though he finished with a 17. On 17, he had a triple and he had a quad on the front nine. He still has the game to get up in there. And he's also, his finishes maybe don't show how well he has been playing. He puts together some excellent rounds. And with someone like Gim, I mean, he's 24 years old. He was kind of thrust onto that big stage at TBC Sawgrass, you know, one of the biggest stages to be in contention at the Players' Championship. He has to be constantly learning and taking parts from everything that he's experienced, especially watching... Justin Thomas and that display that he put on to win on Sunday. He had the best view in the house. He had to learn a lot from that. He will. And when he goes in the locker room and he talks to other players, they all know that he played with Thomas on Sunday and they'll all want to know what happened. They want to know about that low hook shot that Thomas hit around on 16. What about the lucky bounce that Justin had on 18? I mean, there's so many things that happen that are fortunate or unfortunate that happen at the Players' Championship. Gim was on the wrong side of it, but I think he's – his momentum is still right there and that's why we got him on the sizzle. Okay, 50 to 1 this week. So his odds have definitely been slashed from what they would have been prior to the players, but still a lot of good value. Right, our next sizzler is another guy who had a fantastic round on Sunday at the players, really, really bumping him up to a tie for 22nd. And it's South African Dylan Fratelli. Yeah, I'm really big this week, Diane, on guys that played well on Sunday. There was so much money last week, $15 million uh, they played for. So when you start, when you go out Sunday and you make a surge on Sunday to, to win a lot of money, because look, let's face it, once you can't win the tournament, you're trying to make more money. Yeah. So I'm looking for guys that are playing well on Sunday on a really difficult golf course. Fratelli mm-hmm. shot 68 last week. I look for him to walk on right down the street and do it again right here. I'm looking for guys that are informed, that have a lot of good action going across water, wind, all that. They've, they've just dealt with it for four days. Uh-huh. And it's uh, it's almost like that the Charlie Hoffman story as well, who shot a 76 on Saturday at the Players and backed it up with a 67 on Sunday. So the amount of money that he made by going low on Sunday – Like, these guys must wake up in the morning and be like, okay, well, I'm probably not going to win it. Like, I'm very far out of contention. However, let's just go out and play freely and really try to move up as much as we can. Well, we know, as tour players, we know on the board where we are. They have those electronic scoreboards. And if we see our name at 40th, we know there's no money at 40th. But if we make one birdie and we look at the board now, we're at 29th, and then we start to think, if I can get two more birdies, I'm going to be in some serious cash. So that's how you think when you're on the tour, uh, on Sunday, that is, when you're out of contention. So I like guys that shoot low on Sunday because they it just tells me they can do it. Yeah. And then our third sizzler is a previous champion here. He won in 2014. He actually beat Ryan Palmer, Rory McIlroy and Russell Knox in a playoff to win the Honda he missed the cut of the players. So we're kind of going against everything that we're seeing for the rest of our picks. However, I think one of the real strengths of Henley's game is his iron play, especially his long irons. We've seen that a lot. It wasn't really working for him at TBC Sawgrass. So I think that's something that with it being such a strength, he would have gone away, really worked at it. He's back on a very familiar course. So we're picking Henley as a sizzler. Yeah, so we just said that we want people in form. Okay, Henley is not. But what is he? why did we pick him? 
because he's won on this course. And when you play this PGA National course, it's a very heavy wind. You've got to understand where you aim the ball so that you, the wind can use, you know, the, the wind will take your ball into play. So Henley understands that. So I kind of lean towards guys that know how to play in the wind. Sometimes you get guys that have no no idea in the wind. They hit the ball very high, Diane, or they can't drive the ball. So Henley's won on this course. So he sort of slipped in on the bottom end of our sizzlers as someone to keep an eye on at good odds. And his, he, I think he started the year with a, a huge amount of momentum, even towards the end of last year. His name was up at the top of the leaderboards a lot and we had picked him a lot. So his form overall has slipped a bit, but his stats are still great. I mean, par four performance and bogey avoidance, two stats we're looking at this week. He's second in both. And then he's sixth on the whole tour for scrambling. So even though his performance has dipped, those stats are still stellar. Yeah, well, I mean, let's face it. If there is particular skill sets that are required at certain places, uh, Scotty Scheffler, who's not playing this week, is a super high hitter. He's a, he's a real star in our tour. Would you pick him this week in a real big win? Probably not. Mm-hmm. So there's, we have to lean towards players that are suited for, you know, type of golf courses. This course is a very nice fit. Okay, there's one more guy that we want to talk about quickly um, when it comes to our fizzle category. Again, he's a former champion here, but the we keep saying that it's going to turn around for him at some point, but we're seeing absolutely no signs of it right now. He was six over after two rounds at the Players' Championship, so missed the cut by a lot. But Ricky Fowler, we don't think that this is going to be the turnaround week for him. Well, Ricky Fowler, you know, he's a very reliable guy when it comes to playing in tournaments. He's friends with the Nicholases, Jack and Barbara. He's done a lot for the hospital down there. You know, getting to Ricky's game, where is his game? You know, he he um, was working with Butch Harmon a couple of years ago. He got out of that situation. Now he's doing it on his own, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. What's going on with Ricky Fowler? We know he's a great putter. We know he's a great player. Um there's all these people pointing at him. He's married. He can't play because he's married. He can't play because he's wear, yeah, wearing orange on Sunday. Where is he? And I don't know, Diane, but um, I just wanted to talk about Ricky for just a minute. He He's handling it with class. He's, he's putting himself out there. And the answer to this question is, will he turn it around? I think so. But it's going to be a creep deal. It's not going to be... Boom to the top. It's going to be creep, 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 creep. So I wish all the best for him. He's got to get. He's got to hit. I saw him hit a terrible shot at Bay Hill in one hole. Hooked it way left. That's 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 a bad sign uh, on a par three. So he's obviously got some swing issues. His base finish this season so far has been 20th at the Genesis Invitational. And we talk about his putting. I mean, he's 107 on the PGA Tour for putting average right now. And his best stat that we have this week is he's 90th for the ball striking stat, which is total driving and greens and reg. I mean, we're talking about Ricky Fowler, (laughs) 90th. Yeah, but when you think about, so stats are not everything. When, When Ricky fixes his swing, Mm-hmm. and he gets confidence in that, he'll probably jump right back where he's supposed to be with his putting. Sometimes you're so um, upset with your long game that it messes up your short game and so on and so forth. And then when you get something to click, everything clicks. So 
I'm yeah. looking for that with Ricky, but I'm not looking at it in a big jump. I'm looking at it little jumps. Yeah, okay. And he's 45 to 1 this week, but we just don't think that there's any value in <laughs> anything that Ricky's going to do. Right, so our three sizzlers are Doug Gim, Dylan Fratelli, and Russell Henley. And, well, our fizzler is Ricky Fowler. So we're moving on to, well, the best part of the show. And... <laughs> We'll talk about the scoring and the leaderboard as it stands for the Celebrity Showdown. It's Celebrity Showdown. So we are back with the Celeb Showdown for the Honda Classic this week. Um, I, I, I was the first one on this recording and I was staring down at my phone and then Jay came on and I'm sure he was a little bit worried by the troubled look on my face. And I said to him, I just don't understand why I'm doing so bad. And it's starting to really get to me because I haven't won money in any of these weeks. I finished, well, no, I finished last out of our whole entire group, which shocks me beyond belief. And I'm not going to give up because I'm a fighter, but I'm hoping that our guest is going to help me out a little bit this week. I make no promises on that front. Oh, right. I'm going to introduce Diane. Him. It's like, Diane, it's like you have a cheat sheet and you're failing the test. Yeah. That's what I can't figure out with you. Yeah, I know. I know. Anyway, I do have some insight that I will give you down the road this week. I'm, I'm really switching everything up. But anyway, our guest is from, well, Golf Magazine and Golf.com. He is, well, a golf writer. He's got his finger on the pulse on literally every single thing that's happening in the world of golf every single week. And you can follow along on Twitter. Dylan DeChair, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Nice pronunciation of my last name. No, well, nobody. We, we, were, we were having this discussion. We're like, does anyone ever get it right? No, absolutely so, not. Okay. Uh, I've, I've, I've wondered sometimes, oh, should we, should I just change it? Because everyone's always wrong. Should it, am I the one that's wrong? Should I just change my name to fit how people are going to say it? But no. I don't know. Now it's sort of like an insidery club. It's like you have to actually know me to, to know how to pronounce my last okay. name. So thank you guys for having me. No, thank you for being here. We're excited to see your picks. Last week, we had Colt Nostone, who considers himself to be a little bit of an expert when it comes to picking golf lineups and well I mean he, he didn't win any money he beat me but that doesn't say much although Elk he was so big on Xander Shoffley last week um, the other guy that he was really big on in his group was Zach Johnson who turned out being a little bit of a golden goose for him well as as Dylan will find out here the trick to this game is to get four players that make the cut and that seems to be your problem Diane you'll get a couple and and that's what that's what drags you down Dylan is as you know if you have a, a player that misses a cut you've got to take eight over for them on the weekend whether they play in or not so um, yeah Colt Noss went heavy on Alexander Shoffley I think everyone was surprised he's such a good ball striker but you know he has had a little problem hooking the ball he did it out in Phoenix I don't know if that was a problem last week but it, I saw him get off to a bad start but you know um, the Players Championship is a very tricky event you can lose the tournament or you can be out of the tournament as we all see through 16, 17, 18 anything can happen there this Dylan is another week I hope you know a lot about this course because we certainly do this is also a very tough, this is the third week in a row of guys that have got to hit across a ton of water with a ton of wind. Well, Dylan, how much do you know about PGA National? 
I know just enough to have stayed away from playing there myself because it sounds like uh, it's a great test. But yeah, I mean, it's another place where guys can start counting by twos. And and it's funny, you mentioned uh, you have to take eight over on the weekend. There's going to be guys shooting more than eight over on the weekend that are actually in the field this week, I think. with the, I saw there's a bunch of high winds projected. Um, let's see. what do I, I think with PGA National, when you look at guys to pick, it's it's... You know, random has a negative connotation to it, but it's another week where it's sort of hard to figure out exactly who's going to play well. Mm-hmm. I like hearing that already from our celebrity <laughs> picker. Throw that out there. Um, well, the other I, thing that we've talked about is the field this week. I mean, the field is hardly stacked, and it's El could said this. It's a bit of a shame for the Honda with scheduling and that they fall between the players and the WGC. So when I was going, I've changed my team three times already and I don't think I've finished changing it yet, but it's it's kind of tricky. I found like the B tier really difficult this week because you've just got some names that you think, do you take the chance? Because they can be a little bit streaky and I think we're going to find that quite a lot with our picks. Well, you know, this tournament, I talked about it yesterday on our show, Diane, this is a really good opportunity for guys to win a ton of money and actually get a win. In a couple of years from now, nobody's even going to know what the field was yeah. uh, this week. So, you know, when you start, it's, it's pretty easy to look at the A's and who should play well here, who hits the ball really good. And, and as you handicap golf, you start to realize that there is a pretty big separation between the really good players and the rest of the tournament or the rest of the tour players. Mm. But there's always that emerging player that you never thought of that comes up and plays. And that's really the key to any kind of gambling or any kind of picks because you've got to watch out for the emerging player. So that's Mm. what we're going for this week. Okay, well, the deal is anyone can play along if you just go to the SG Tour Golf Gaming app and in the public games, look for the Celebrity Showdown. $10 to enter and the top three will win cash. Now, as Elk said, the trick is really getting four guys to make the cut. So Dylan is our special guest this week and I am dying to hear your four ball picks. So we're going to go through each tier and the tiers are split up based on the official world golf ranking. So Dylan, tier A, give us your pick and your reasons why. Okay, this this is not going to be any sort of surprise or special tip here, but I'm taking Daniel Berger for my tier A pick. Uh, he's a local guy. He knows how to play these conditions. He's played this golf course a bunch of times, but really he's just the best golfer in the field. And I think he's the best golfer in the field by, uh, you know, a wide margin. Um, the the tournament definitely still rewards uh, the approach game. Daniel Berger is a pretty money irons player. Uh, and he just won't be phased by, you know, what can be sort of a unique east coast of florida uh gale that's supposed to come up this weekend so i'm i'm sticking with uh the number one guy in the field in my opinion daniel berger for tier a well you're right that he's the best striker in the field and he's from florida and he's uh he's probably one of the best iron players on on the pga tour currently it's a great pick i must tell you dylan that he's went for an mri yesterday he had some sort of a rib issue so i think you might ought to put something in your back pocket uh just in case he wds but he finished fourth last week i talked about it on the show yesterday a lot of tour players have rib issues because we're doing a lot of turning so let's hope burger can get in there and do that but yes he is the best player on the field in the field 
All right. Well, I, I have been looking up and making sure I was pronouncing Cameron Tringali's name all morning before uh, before I eventually switched back to Burger. So if there was some sort of rib issue there, then that, that would be my number two guy. Tringali in the chair as number two. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep an eye on Burger. It would not surprise us. We talked about it yesterday if he withdraws, but I think he's going to stay. Hopefully he gets a good report today. There's some pretty decent names here at the top. Sun JM was up there. Joaquin Neiman, who's the we have him ranked as the second highest ball striker, which is our top stat this week. And Dylan, if you needed a hint to the two uh, pickers that you're going against, Elk is hunkered down clearly in his library, studying every book available. Diane has the statue of a bear over her shoulder. So that should sum up kind of where this has gone so far. So you might want to lean towards Alex's advice. Just a, that's a little piece of advice for me. The statue behind Diane is actually all of us, and she's about to get swallowed again for the 10th week in a row. If anyone's going to end up eight over in the water, it's going to be me. Okay, then. So you're a Daniel Berger. No surprises there whatsoever. As I said, you know, moving down, we've got some, uh, we've got an eclectic bunch of names anyway in the remaining three tiers. And when I was initially picking my team, I found tier B the hardest and I'm still not set. So I can't wait to hear who you've picked, Dylan. Yeah, it's interesting. This is one where I started off just making a homer pick and and now I've completely talked myself into it just being a, a sharp pick too and, and a perfect selection. So I've got Keegan Bradley. I grew up uh, in Massachusetts, but I also grew up about half a mile from Vermont. So I, I kind of have this duality uh, identity that Keegan also has of being from Vermont and Massachusetts. I used to play golf with his uncle. Anyway, I grew up just just really tracking Keegan Bradley's uh, career. But he's also been playing really solid golf. He's faded on the weekends the last couple weeks. Uh, he has not been very good on the greens, but he's hitting the ball awesome. And uh, I think he's he's sort of said the last few years, if he could just be a tour average putter, then he would be right in the mix. So I think if that putter can just get hot for the week, he's having one of the best approach uh, years of his career. Um, so I like Keegan this week. Well... This may be a slight stumble right out of the big gate here, Dylan. I'm not sure, but when you pick a guy in high, high winds with a long putter, it's got to be a little wobbly, as you've already stated there. But yeah, Keegan Bradley, he, he lives, I think, right there at the Bears Club and plays this condition every day. So he knows how to play the golf course from A to B. The whole question with Keegan, it's always the same question, is what's going to happen on the greens? And how is he going to handle sort of uh, the short-range putting or, you know, big wins with a long putter it's always a question mark with him so it's a this is a very risky pick jay uh keegan bradley with the long stick and the big wind well i'm a fan of risk so dylan i'll give you credit for that but what i can't give you credit for is following the diane knox school of picking which is picking with your heart that's always tough when you're picking i love the fact that you have that common bond with them that you're from the same part of the uh, part of the country it's just tough to overlook the numbers 156 in putting average and we can talk about it all day long 14th in ball striking he's coming in ninth in form but if you can't make a putt you're not going to compete I'm going to say this is a suspect pick but I we'll am 
I would pick Keegan Bradley because he wears such cool shoes. He always See, had the there you go. See, there's the know, question. I'm not picking him this week, by the way. <laughs> oh, right. She just gave Diane just gave you an insider clip of how she picks her team, Dylan. I mean, if, if if a guy is good looking and he wears white pants, boom, she's on Diane's team. So, uh, well, I'm just gonna say. While we start talking about tier C, I am not picking my brother because he has failed me so many weeks now. And even though he uh, lost in a playoff the year Russell Henley won, he loves this course. I'm just not picking him this week. So there you go. That's been my downfall maybe for the past couple. And I feel ridden with guilt. But anyway, Dylan, it's your C tier pick that we care about. I hope I haven't talked you out of Russell Knox. <laughs> Please pick no, Russell no. Knox, Dylan. Please, please pick I'm Russell Knox. You, please do it. <laughs> I I was thinking about Russell Knox, but I ended up thinking about it. Someone that that is going to have the mental toughness to play well in unpredictable conditions. Someone that played pretty well through one day last week, and uh, that's going to be Steve Stricker, who I'm hoping got into town a little bit earlier this week than he did at the Players Championship. He's had a little bit of an up and down record of late, and He's a guy where I, I think looking at the numbers probably doesn't tell the full story as much as other guys, just because he he doesn't play in as many events and he, you know, he's just he's he's getting up there in age. His focus probably waxes and wanes a little bit. But he played so well uh, at Phoenix, it was really impressed me. And I don't every time I see him in these tough conditions, I, I'm always impressed. He's always seems to be hanging around there. So I like Steve Stricker to make the weekend. And from tier C, that seems like that's a pretty good start. Well, speaking for a senior like me, for Steve Stricker, I will tell you that uh, probably he could be the best putter in the field, even at 52 years old, Ryder Cup captain. I'm sure he's down there for the reason to look at all these players and to start to think about Wisconsin coming up ahead for the Ryder Cup. Um Yes, you noted how Stricker played well in Phoenix, but that's like playing indoors. This is a different deal. Um, you've got a shot with Stricker because he putts so good and he has a ton of experience. He knows where he should be able to aim his ball. But let's face it, how do you what do, how do you pick anyone in athletics that's over fifty against the guys that are all twenty? But I get you. I, get, I dig your pick. I dig you're risky. I like it. Well, you have to think about Lee Westwood. I mean, he's creeping up to that 50 mark. 47's a lot dominating. younger than 52. <laughs> I, I How much offer. younger? How many years younger is 47 than 52? A good decade a feel. <laughs> yeah. right. a lot. I like this pick. I think credit to you, Dylan. I, You know, this is one of those events. It's like you're trying to piece together some logic here. Mm -hmm. So here's a guy who has no fear of the conditions whatsoever. I mean, he grew up in Wisconsin. I mean, conditions are nothing to him. And he's played here many times, and he does putt. So on tour, if you're going to make putts, you're going to be available to get to the weekend. I really like this pick. I'll give you a lot of credit for going above the uh, the 50. As a 50-year-old, thank you. I really appreciate that. It makes me feel good. I guess VJ Singh is going to come up in the D. Is VJ available for the D here? <laughs> No, but Julius Boros is. I think he's down here somewhere on my sheet. Yeah. Every week I hover over Steve Stricker and Stuart Sink. And I had Stuart Sink as my D player for the players. And um, he started off pretty strong, actually. But damn it, you missed a cut. But no, I love that too. Because the two of them, I always think like 
experience counts for so much and they just have that kind of like calming demeanor when they're on the greens which you don't see from everyone in the field certainly not from keegan bradley so <laughs> i'm hoping that uh, that won't be the case this week <laughs> Right, so the D tier, which uh, will throw up some interesting names, as we've said. But Dylan, who is your D pick? All right, I've got Bronson Burgoon coming out of the D tier oh, here. Uh, I love this. <laughs> He's made four cuts in a row, which, you know, is not uh, exactly record setting. He's not challenging Tigers 142 or whatever it is anytime soon. But Coming out of this D tier, which is probably a little bit weaker than it was last week, uh, I think that he's a pretty solid option. He's also played well at some courses that have some similarity, I think, to the way the Honda might play. Mm -hmm. Pebble Beach, the way it's set up early in the year, I think has some crossover. Uh, he played fairly well at the Puerto Rico Open, uh, another course that, that's exposed to the winds. Um, so... Do I think he's going to win this week? Probably not, but I really like his chances to make the weekend. Okay. You won't hear anything bad about from me about Double B. He's a secret golf contributor, a good friend of mine, lives in Houston, uh, has a new baby, and he is probably one of the most gifted athletes we have out on tour. He's so athletic, and he sort of maybe gets a little over-swinging at times, and it costs him. He's very streaky, but when he gets going, Bagoon is so good. And hardly anyone knows this about Bagoon, but, you know, he was on the national championship team at A&M. Not that that matters, but he hit, he got into a playoff and hit it an inch in the playoff. He's got big game talent. It's always, we always pull so hard for Bronson Bagoon. He may be my deep pick this week just because you've brought that to my attention, but he knows how to play the win, Dylan. He lives in Texas. Uh, the whole key at this course is hitting it solid off the club face because as we all know when we play golf if you miss hit the ball in a big wind it just it makes it go worse so bronson is this this is a this is a very this is probably a, a premier deep pick right here yeah i think out of all the picks you've made so far i love this pick because we love bronson burgoon plus i mean how do you not love that name it just rolls off the tongue um, coming in 16th in form, we have him ranked, so he's playing pretty well. Um, and like you said, Al, wind is not going to phase this guy. He's from Texas. You know, he played in Texas. So you start scouring the bottom of the barrel, no offense to any of the guys in the field. It's like, why not go with a young guy who can hit it a mile, and if he gets hot, now all of a sudden, not only is he making the cut, but he's actually up there in maybe a T15, T10 range. That would be great for Burgoon to kind of catapult him to get ready for the spring. So I like your C and D picks. Me too. But your A and B picks, I'm not so sure about. But we got we got to have the A's hit. The A's hit. I can tell you, uh, I followed Colt Nose last week and took Shoffley and licked my wounds all weekend. So yeah, you know, cost gonna, you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, then that Dylan, your team is now locked in. So. You have Daniel Berger, Keegan Bradley, Steve Stricker, and Bronson Burgoon. So you can't change yours. We're still allowed to change our teams up until the last minute. Um, whether that's a positive or a negative, we will have to wait and see. Um, Dylan, I want to talk to you about something else because you've actually caddied on the PGA Tour before as well. And I know you did it as it was a great experience and you went on to write about it for Golf Magazine. But um, what kind of insights did you learn from your time as a caddy? 
Wow. That's a good question. So yeah, I caddied for Martin Trainer a couple times, once at the Valspar and once at, uh, at the Memorial. So two, two really good golf courses, two really tough golf courses. Um, and I think that just watching guys prep, I think is the biggest thing. There's so much more to, to playing well at a tour event than just, you know, showing up and being the best player that I think, you know, even as a former competitive player myself, it's just a really good reminder. I mean, you get there, you see the way these guys are prepping, grinding, taking notes on the course. Um, there's, there's so much that gets people to contention on Sunday that I think without spending really a week uh, at a PGA Tour event, you just wouldn't understand. I remember Kevin Kisner telling a story a couple of years ago about, you know, inviting one of his friends to caddy for the week. And, and his buddy basically, you know, after the first day, just was like, I'm good. This is, <laughs> there's, there's too much work that goes into this. I'm all set. So it was really fun to see things from inside the ropes. You know, particularly nowadays, it seems like these cuts are so low now. And I tell my players, some of the guys that I talk to on a weekly basis, they're like, man, I'm playing really good, but I keep missing the cut by one. And it's like, you almost have to play mistake free for two days. Like, no balls in the water, no three putts. I mean, you're looking at, before you walk out there, you're looking at one under, two under, even. All these cuts seem to be really low. And I went through parts of my career where I was making the cuts very consistently, but then other times I just couldn't get over the hump. So, you know, as you noted there when you caddied it, you almost do have to play a mistake free. And this week's going to be very interesting. Do you, do you sort of, tour players don't like to think about trying to make the cut, but I never thought that was a big deal. I thought, I'm going to make sure I make the cut and I'm going to play this way a certain way. And this is the type of course that you would do it on because you have to stay away from so much trouble. You have to stay out of the water. I want to get into the weekend and then make a run. So this is a very interesting layout when you overlay an average field onto a very hard course. And uh, just talking while we're on the subject of caddies and Lee Westwood is back in the field this week. He has his fiance Helen story on the bag, which the TV announcers love to talk about every five minutes. But what do you think about, you know, they've taken their off the course relationship onto the course and it seems to be working really well. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a testament to the idea that there can be different types of caddies. I mean, sometimes people will ask me how much I think a caddy matters. And I think it matters a lot, but what's interesting is there's so many different ways to be an effective caddy. Uh, I mean, when you look at Matt Kuchar winning with a fill-in caddy at Mayakoba a couple of years ago, clearly that week, that guy was the perfect caddy for Matt Kuchar, even though he was, you know, not giving him much advice. He was, I was actually there. I followed them around a little bit and they had a, a good rapport, but certainly wasn't leaning on him to, to read putts. So it's like, there's this chemistry that you need, but how do you actually define what's going to be successful? It, that's what's so fascinating about it. And, and Lee Westwood has clearly found a good combination in the last couple of weeks. Um, but I, I think he's not necessarily leaning on her for uh, reads or for club selections, but maybe in another way, him taking ownership of his game is helping him out. And then having her there certainly to keep him steady. He's, he's clearly having a, a great time. He has one of the best attitudes I can remember seeing while in contention. So, I mean, I, I really have been enjoying watching them, them work, even though, yeah, the announcers do beat it into the ground.
<laughs> I, I think I think what I see with Westwood is his relationship with his fiance is he can't snap at her. So if it's a good shot or a bad shot, he's got to put the club back in the bag and they got to stay cordial as they go down the fairway. And that little bit of um, volatility right there that happens with a lot of us and caddies is gone with him. So it's, it's always going to be this very even. I think that's really working well for Westwood. They're not married yet. Let's see how they are in a year or two. Then we'll see how it <laughs> that's goes. A good, right? so, that's a good point. Yeah, thanks. Um, the, the other, other thing, thing is, is they might, you know, I, television would have you believe they're going to replace Harry and Meghan. They're like royalty all of a sudden. So I'd like to see a different storyline and get focused on the fact that Lee Westwood's having this resurgence over here. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to see him win. I think he's, you know, he's a, he's a very likable guy. And I was pulling hard for him on Sunday. I love the fact that JT won and charged back. But interesting enough, I love to hear the caddy insight from from the both of you because you have both have experience doing it. But it's such a volatile world, the caddy world. Yeah. <laughs> Those um, guys are hang, hanging on to jobs barely. And this guy's got his fiance on the bag. I don't know what that says. It's just a fan. I don't know what that says. But with them not being married as well, I hope she gets the paycheck to put in her separate account. Because really, if he won over 1.6 for her, I mean, you think about the 10% of that, that's a, a hell of a lot of money. I think it depends on the prenup. I don't know. We'll have to get a copy of that and see what that says. Yeah, we don't know if there's a date on the books yet. I don't know if this is like a Dustin Johnson engagement or if it's more of a a shorter term thing. Right, Dylan, thank you so much. It's been amazing to have you on. We love your picks and uh, very good explanations why. We'll follow along and we'll see how you get on this week in the game. Fingers crossed. Thanks for having me, guys. Really had a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you, Dylan. Get in the game on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app and play four ball. It's a classic stroke play competition based on the aggregate scores of four players. Who makes your team? Well, pick four guys, one from each tier based on the current world golf rankings. Want a tip? You need four guys to make the cut. Get in the game on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app, available on iOS in the App Store. So here we are onto the final part of the show, and it's the dark horses for the Honda Classic. Jay Kaplan is back to give us his picks, who, by the way, dude, Charlie Hoffman last week as your dark horse pick. That was a good one. Thanks, bro. I really, uh, I like that dude. He's been playing well. Uh, seven under the final day, kind of salvaged his weekend. He finished T-17. So, I don't know. Sometimes you throw a dart and hit a good number. It's great because he uh, shot 76 on Saturday and then bagged it up with a 67 on Sunday, which to me just kind of sums up TBC Sawgrass. Um, and, you know, you get that spark and you start hot on the final day when you're not really – I mean, he didn't think he was going to be playing to be in contention at all. But then you shoot a number like that and he finishes, what, tied for 17th? Yeah, and uh, Sunday was pretty ripe for scoring. We saw a lot of great action, a lot of great shots. Um, it's a great tournament. I mean, you know, you get one day, you shoot what Hoffman shot on Saturday, then you follow it back up with Sunday. That's why that tournament's exciting. Right. Well, this week we have another three dark horses for the Honda Classic. Jay, I don't know about you, but I kind of struggled to find my dark horse pick for this week. We've talked about it on the show that the field um, – well, 
I, I just compare it to Honda Classics of Days Gone By and mm. it just falls at a pretty tough time. So there's not a lot of the big names playing this week. Yeah, you know, these type of tournaments, it's sort of easy to pick the top tier guys that you might want to lay out on your team in the SG report. Every time we talk about this, we look at this field and this tournament traditionally was the week before players. Now it's the week after. It's really hurt it as far as uh, participation goes with uh, with guys. So dark horses in this type of field is a real challenge for you. But I think I've picked in picked a couple that I I, I like this week. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to start this week. <laughs> I'm just going to get right on with my guy because we've talked about on the show that we think momentum from last week is going to be big for this week because right okay we've just said that the depth of field isn't fantastic however it does mean there's a great opportunity for someone that's a little bit lower down the standings to get a lot of points and potentially grab that debut win so that's what I'm hoping for my guy this week now he did finish good at the players 22nd. He's had a second place finish and a sixth place finish this season already. I mean, his dad is a former players champion, so there had to be a little bit of McCumber magic. <laughs> and uh, he certainly showed that on Sunday. Now, um, his stats, he, he finished minus two on Sunday to really move up to that 22nd spot. So that was a lot of cash money for him and a lot of confidence. So I'm taking that momentum into next week for Tyler McCumber. He is a big hitter, 19th in distance for the whole PGA Tour. And his scrambling stat is great as well. So I think the two of those are going to come in handy this week. So um, yeah, my dark horse pick is Tyler McCumber. Yeah, interesting pick. I looked at him too, uh, kind of made my short list. And then I realized how many times he's played Sawgrass and figured, you know what, that's always a one-off for him. The kid grew up, his dad won the event. It's like, all he's right, cool. he's gonna play, if he's going to play any decent anywhere, it's going to be there. So good luck with that. Well, See? and also... 200 to 1 for Tyler McCumber. There's got to be value in a top 10 finish, a top 20 finish. So, cool. That's my pick. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for hating on it. I like how you're talking yourself into it. Um, I'm going to start with a guy that I, I don't know what it is about this guy, but I've always had him circled on my sheets. I got on him last year when we were doing our picks in our uh, uh, SG app i throw him in these one-off tournaments puerto rico and he always performed for me so i'm going to open up with a veteran um he struggles to strike it that's that's our top stat this week so i'm hoping he's going to overcome that but everything else looks pretty good 58 scramble 57 putting 42nd in par four performance he is a guy that um is coming off a t10 in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. I really like this guy. You know that I love him. And I call him party boy because the, <laughs> the week that I picked him, it was his birthday and he performed well. So I'm going to go right back to party boy. Rob Oppenheim is my first pick. 
Okay, 150 to 1. And when we did our field re-ranking, he jumped up 91 spots based on stats and the roadmap to do well around PGA National. So I'm all for Rob Oppenheim. And every time I see his name on a leaderboard, Jay, I think of you. Well, he's my guy, whether he knows it or not. I'm assuming he has no idea that he's got a huge fan in me. <laughs> I'm going to have to write him like, a, or write him a postcard or, you know, how you paste letters on a, you know, ransom letter. Maybe kind of that weird, might be more I remember, uh, side note, my brother Russell, his birthday always falls round about the Travelers Championship. And for the past couple of years, I've always sent his birthday card to the Travelers and asked him on the envelope to put it in his locker. So he's got the card every year, but that could be a little bit of stalker behavior. Yeah, that's a little bit weird. But you know what? <laughs> He's your brother, and love you. I think you went to Travelers, didn't you? Wasn't that the yeah. last place you went before COVID? Yeah, no, during, no it was after COVID. I was doing some work for the tour and was at Travelers. Right. Yeah, so what a memorable anyway, trip! Memorable. <laughs> so my second dark horse is was a change of pace at the last minute. Yay! Shout out and apologies to To our producer. I've caused him just slightly more work. I'm really. You made all the graphics, and then you're <laughs> just like, "Wait a minute, I've got a hunch." Well, sometimes I sleep on it, and I realize what a fool I am when I make a pick regularly. So I, woke up, I woke up this morning around 4 a.m. I drank 42 cups of coffee. And I really went back through the sheet. And for some reason, this guy jumped out at me initially. Um, 126 in ball striking, a little bit high for my liking. However, 41 in scrambling, he's going to recover. Par 4 performance, 56. And he's coming off a T15 in his last outing. And we're always looking for dark horses, guys maybe you've never heard of, especially in these uh, off-week events, as I like to call them. My second dark horse pick is Chase Seifert. And didn't play the players, so hopefully he's a little bit fresh. He probably didn't play Bay Hill either, I'm guessing. So he's probably feeling nice and fresh. Um, fresh. We'll probably go and play Punta Cana next year, uh, next week even. So, all right. Okay. Cool. Is that definitely how you pronounce his last name? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, cool. We'll, we'll run with it. We're related. He's my cousin. So, yeah. Okay. And well, he's your guy's 200 to 1. So, our picks are good this week two at 200 to 1 and one at 150 to 1. I say they're good. I mean, the odds are good. So, <laughs> let's hope there's some great performance to back them up. Yep. Right. Well, next week on the PGA Tour, I mentioned Punta Cana. I feel like it was only a couple of weeks ago that the PGA Tour was there for the Corrales Punta Cana, um, but they're going to be back there next week. It's an alternate field event because the WGC Dell Technologies match play event is happening. So that's why a lot of guys are taking this week off because they've had the players and then the WGC next week. Match play is going to be fun for us to try and handicap, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, of course, we'll touch on the alternate field event as well, but our tour report will be back for next week and hopefully we all have a little bit more luck with our picks. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.